Oh my, well isn't this a coincidental howdy-do? Welcome once again, dear listener, to Robot Congress Classics. Morrison and or Allie are on a whirlwind business-slash-travel spree, and they are just crazy busy. I bring you a classic Robot Congress episode recovered from that giant warehouse that they stored the Ark of the Covenant in at the end of the titular Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so, here we are. This week in Robot Congress Classics, Rocco Classico, we discuss the future of entertainment. In the following episode, you will hear thrills, spills, chills, actual chills perhaps, because we discuss smart devices listening in on you, including your fancy smart TV, you canny consumer you, and wow, privacy doesn't exist anymore. It's been over two years since this episode was posted, and the world continues to evolve. Of course, because we don't want it to actually stand still. Sometimes I yearn for a time when people had lots of spare time to do what they wanted instead of having such busy lives and being constantly connected. Nostalgia for something you've never really experienced. What is that? But back to the future. Past is now present, and our privacy continues to peter away. Websites don't ask us if we want to use cookies anymore. Now they just tell us that they're going to continue to use cookies. We're all being tracked. There's no privacy in the world if you want to use modern devices like smartphones, iPads, Kindles. It's all gone. Even those flip phones are going to be phased out and replaced with smart flip phones. We agree to give information away when we agree to the terms to use these devices. On the positive side, it means that advertising is more and more accurately targeting you. So as time goes on, more and more of you is logged to advertising databases. You don't see ads for things that you're not interested in. For instance, when I visit Facebook and I see my Facebook advertisements, Twitter still kind of sucks at it, or they don't have ads that I like, I really just see tons of RPG and game-related content. Maybe some books or TV thrown in there. Advertising is getting really specific and really good. And frankly, sometimes I click on stuff and I know that doesn't help, but I can't help myself because I am a consumer. In this episode of Entertainment, we also discuss obscenity and how society defines it. What kind of obscenities are permitted to be in media? Sex, drugs, violence, sock puppets, what's okay? Coincidentally, I had completely forgotten that I had gone on a D&D rant this early in the lifespan of the show. Anyway, I am happy that we get to continue to bring you Robot Congress classics because I'm very proud of a lot of these early episodes. Even though as time went on, we got better at what we do, entertaining you, the listener. The topics that we covered in these episodes were always fascinating, and I hope that you enjoy listening to them as well. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. This week we're going to be talking about the future of entertainment. What's going to be on our TVs? Who's going to control it? And what can we expect to deal with with the law? What kind of advertisements are they going to be beaming into my head while I'm sleeping? I'll listen more on Robot Congress. we're going to be looking at the future of entertainment television video games movies sports maybe i don't know what sports Name two are more areas of entertainment um okay books books are reading books are reading books are reading <laughs> 
And um, you heard it here first. Anyway, Dungeons and Dragons. I love that one. Not Dungeons and Dragons specifically, but RPGs in general. Those are role playing games. I'm sure that you know what computer role playing games are. I'm talking about the ones that have pen and paper, and you have a book, and you roll dice. And this you... is after one coffee, <laughs> and you write down what your armor class is, which is how hard it is for somebody to hit you. You have hit points. The you have hit the points, <laughs> and then you cast spells if you're a mage or if you're fighter. You have a swords, and you get magic swords, and then you have to go fight dragons, and you're in dungeons. You're not always in dungeons though despite the fact that it's called dungeons and dragons you're not necessarily in a dungeon you can be like trekking across you saw lord of the rings right yes you saw lord of the rings just take a breath so i could talk (laughs) so lord of the rings it's totally like lord of the rings in fact that's what it was inspired by and basically you know you can be trekking across the wilderness you can be doing quests for people uh video games you play you play video games you get quests from people that's like world of warcraft you get quests from people go kill wolves the nice thing about dnd you usually don't have to go kill 20 wolves and get their pelts and bring it back to the guy instead you're going on a quest to go save the princess entertainment the future of entertainment right so (laughs) with entertainment as we continue down the path of technology we really don't know where we're going to be in a couple years. Right now, we still have televisions in most living rooms, although truthfully, that's fading fast. Most people of our age have canceled their cable subscriptions and moved to things like Hulu and Netflix and, and even Let's Play videos, as we discussed earlier. All right, well, don't be ridiculous. We haven't canceled our cable subscriptions because at the moment, it's cheaper to have a triple play of you know like a phone a tv and cable but no one has phone uh i don't get service in my house so i uh oh my god well you're the last person i know with a landline then i i I don't know what to tell you but if you do want to have internet it's probably cheaper to have all three it's not but regardless (laughs) that again you derailed us so the fcc regulates most of the entertainment models that we know and love the radio television etc etc and it's their job to police the all forms of entertainment that we watch the scary thing is as we continue to grow down the path of technology we don't even know ourselves who work in this industry what is going to be watched in five years we don't know if virtual reality is going to take off we don't know if augmented reality is going to be the new thing people do in their spare time maybe tv or, or shows are just gone and people start watching stuff on their phone or playing little mindless games in their free time whatever it is the fcc is the one who comes down and says this is what you're allowed to do this is what you're not allowed to do we are the federal government agency and we get to decide the only flip side there is the fcc no longer is alone in this the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, has long been involved in advertisement. They just find luminosity for saying that they were able to make your brain better and prevent Alzheimer's and things like that. That was they, a game that you played, right? It was supposed to improve like brain function. Yeah. The FTC has also been much more involved because of privacy issues. So the FTC is the one who comes and looks at your privacy policy. It looks who's tracking you and what they're doing with that information. The FCC polices your TV, or more accurately, what's on your TV. The FTC polices your TV itself. Because we have now started buying smart TVs with microphones that you're supposed to be able to track from the other end of the room. But it turns out that these TVs are listening to you even when they're off. Even crazier, if you visit a website on your phone, a tone will play that you can't even hear that shoots to the TV and triggers a TV to play a certain commercial or vice versa. There's all this communication between our devices and our homes that we don't even know about. Are all of these things real? Because you just really freaked me out. Yes. Legitimately, you just kind of freaked me out. I don't have a smart TV, thank God, because now I'm starting to think it'll grow legs and start shooting lasers at me. It's years away from the the robot revolution. But in all seriousness, (laughs) this stuff is real. I mean, let alone the old privacy concerns that we had where we download a game and it takes our contact list and sells all those numbers to a third party. That was scary enough. 
Now we have TVs playing special tones during commercials that we can't hear to let our phone know that we're watching a commercial and to shoot us a different ad on Twitter than we may have seen two minutes ago. I'm really concerned now, and <laughs> I think I'll look this up after after we do this recording, but that's very concerning, and I'm a little scared, and I can't... Are, is the tone thing real? The tone thing is real, as are a lot of other really scary things that we won't even get into. I believe, <laughs> defamation lawsuits aside, I believe it was Samsung who was having the, the microphone on their TV constantly on and just listening to everything you said. So it would listen for for buzzwords and all of a sudden market you those things. Now, honestly, this privacy stuff has gotten way out of control. And who's to blame, Austin? Do you really have to assign blame? Because yes, and it's I'm... our fault. Because we <laughs> kept clicking privacy policies without reading them. We kept not caring. I can't read them. They're so long. It doesn't matter. We have completely said... That's fine. Take whatever you want. We were 18 on college campus and giving out our social security numbers for a free T-shirt. We are a generation that doesn't care about privacy or really anything. Listen, I'll give all my information to that company if they will give me a free T-shirt. But God forbid if I have to give anything to the government because that scares me. And it's funny you say that because that's actually the line most people say. I don't care if Amazon has all my information, but I do care if the government has it. But the government has access to everything Amazon has. So I promise you that line that everyone thinks exists does not exist oh my god that's actually pretty incredible that makes me happy and i guess also sad do you remember edward snowden i i do remember edward snowden well shockingly some people don't and if you don't shame on you but edward snowden was a member of the nsa who was a whistleblower came out and said hey guys we are tracking everything we see that nude photograph you sent to your boyfriend and we just know every text message you've ever sent and what he said really should have rocked us to our cores it should have been way bigger of a story or at least for way longer than it was But instead, we have the far right claiming, well, there's nothing to fear if you have nothing to hide. And we have everyone under the age of 18 putting every iota of private information they have into apps that track, store, and share everything. Together, we've lost any chance we had to prevent privacy regulation going out of control. Can I ask the government to help me? The government's the one taking all this information, so they're happy things have gotten this way. Can I ask a lawyer to save me? No. Can I ask you to save me? No, in all seriousness, you agree to all this. So when you download Snapchat and you say, hey, yeah, no, of course you can have a copy of all the images that I'm putting here that I think disappear in two minutes. It's, you know, we have just become so dumb as a society that we don't care anymore. So you're saying that all the cute dog pictures that I've taken are actually logged somewhere and they can blackmail me at some point? I'm saying just that. My God. This summer, the government is sending your dog pictures to other people. Jokes aside, I really don't see this getting better ever. What we have now are companies like Apple saying, okay, so come out with laws. We'll figure out a way around them. And I don't even mean with privacy. They, they more do that with copyright. But there's nothing preventing them from doing it with privacy. If we come out with stricter regulations saying your TV can't emit that tone anymore, they'll figure out something else to do. The the people behind these tech companies that want all this information that have realized we can look at what you're buying on Amazon, we can look at what commercials you don't click away from on the TV, and we can look at what websites you browse, and we can put all that together and have a complete profile of you, Austin Hoffman, so we know exactly not only what ads to send you, but what time of the day to send them to you, at what month of the year to send them to you, when you ne- might need a new car, when you're getting frustrated we know how angry you are by the tone of your voice on the phone changing it sounds like you're just describing an ideal future where companies will know exactly what i want and they'll offer it to me at exactly the right time you're trying to be funny but that's actually the counter argument here why would i want an ad for tampons when i'm sitting here waiting for a new video game release don't you want targeted advertising i'd rather see a like a call of duty ad than a uh, beer ad so if it knows that i prefer video games over alcohol absolutely when have you ever played call of duty 
uh, I actually did. Pl- I played some of the World War II ones, and I played the one that had. But why the would ghost you say Call it. of Duty? popular and people know what it is so you just want to be cool i want to be cool i desire uh, people to like me and to know what i'm talking about <laughs> you're so Please you're like so me. close but so that's where things sit with that and in terms of privacy you know we have just given up and i don't see society changing in a way where we get all our privacy back instead i think we're all going to basically be born into complete marketing profiles where we're being sold to before we even know what words are it really seems to be where society is just heading right now we want to post everything on facebook and twitter we don't really care about privacy as much until I guess some of our really private stuff leaks out and then we care but at that point we've already hit all the agree buttons and that's the thing you don't get to pick and choose if you're sharing all your posts you also have to share the post where you accidentally uploaded the nude picture of yourself but tell you what when you took that nude picture it already is stored somewhere by someone you don't want it to be whether you took it in snapchat or just on your camera app you're constantly having things taken off your phone that you don't even realize you would be amazed by how many people think they've deleted pictures but they've been stored on google cloud drive or icloud or your cell carrier's cloud If you think you've deleted off the phone, it's stored somewhere else, actually. Yeah, especially when you take a picture now and you have it upload automatically to camera roll. Where do you think that camera roll exists? Who do you think's looking at it? Not you and not your friends, but someone is. I have a friend in the cybercrime unit at the DA's office, and I can't tell you how many people think they're deleting all these incriminating files, but all they did was hit the delete button. They didn't do the full delete through the computer. And even without the cloud, this stuff still exists. So we are just absolutely open books at this point, and that's not going to change. So instead, let's look at something that maybe we can change, and that is the FCC's regulation of content. Hardware aside and all the scary stuff there with what's being tracked, what about the actual content on TV or virtual reality or movies or whatever we might be watching it on? Look at something like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is my favorite show on TV right now. It's absolutely hilarious, but it's absolutely offensive and obscene to most people who see it why why would it be offensive and obscene i mean it's one of my favorite shows as well i love i must have watched each episode about three or four times well i would say because we have two group two very vocal groups right now in society the first is kind of the original internenters who have stayed the same age so they're still 12 somehow but they are the ones who you know scream the n-word when you log into a dota game they're the ones who call everybody the f-word or whatever other slur you might imagine they say whatever they want they are never offended and they never care if you're offended Then we have the other group who are offended by everything. You can't joke or have a character in a comic or game anymore without a a huge group saying that this is the end of civilization. I can't believe anybody would make such an offensive character. The happy medium is certainly the biggest group. It's it's you and I and everyone else who can take a joke, but also know there are lines that exist. We're just not as vocal, I suppose, as those two outlier groups. Well, of course not. And, and the problem is, you know, I'm on Twitter a lot, obviously, and I, I can put up one tweet and have both those groups telling me that I'm siding with the other group. I have the, the Gamergate community and the anti-Gamergate community both swearing that I'm part of the other one. You can't please anybody anymore. So I'm really not envious of the content creators out there, the people making a YouTube video who have to deal with a thousand angry comments on every single one or Dan Harmon making Rick and Morty when a lot of those jokes are hilarious and the storylines are actually pretty heavy and intense. But then you have a rape scene in a bathroom and 
the second you put something like that on a show and it was not done in a comedic way necessarily it was it was supposed to be a traumatic event but that doesn't matter because it's a cartoon and there is comedy in the episode all of a sudden everybody says you're making a joke out of rape and and there's just endless outcry really i had no idea that that was an issue because i thought it was very clear in the episode that as you said that was that was a a, a separated scene it wasn't it wasn't at all comedic in fact it was pretty jarring in the middle of the episode where you are dealing with a lot of comedy they have the attempted rape of morty by a giant jelly bean well and that's you just kind of said part of it it's a giant jelly bean and they're on an alien planet so it looks comical it looks like they're making light of it to some people but some of those people also demand that you have trigger warnings before every show where you say trigger there's going to be violence trigger there's going to be obese people i mean it gets ridiculous trigger there's going to be wolves talking because some warnings yes it's i mean i'm not going to defend that as i said earlier in the episode i used to do stand-up i I don't think most people have a right to be offended. I think that the beauty of this country is you can say and joke about most things. I understand there are lines, and I try to watch those lines and be respectful of that when I'm talking to people, especially in my career as an attorney. But throughout life, there are people who are going to... Just the the thin-skinnedness of society has, has become increasingly obvious. And it's a huge issue because now we have these courts and the FCC who are supposed to say, this is okay and this isn't. When we have shows like Rick and Morty versus My Little Pony. And turns out one of those fan bases is making a lot more lewd fan art than the other. And it's not the one that's supposed to be for adults. Well, look at Baldur's Gate. It's a game that's near and dear to my heart. After 17 or 18 years, it put out an expansion for the first game, which I very... Was it licensed by... I, I, I'm a... I apologize, I don't know, but was this a fan-made expansion or was this actually by... No, it's actually a real release. It's not a fan... Okay, so it's, it's not fully a licensed. Correct, it's fully licensed. Cool. Uh, Beamdog Productions is the company that made it. They put out, it's 25 hours or something like that, uh, additional content onto the onto the original game, 17 or 18 years later. I'm probably about halfway through the game. It is only now that I realize that there is an enormous amount of controversy s- surrounding one minor non-player character, one little computer guy in the game. The controversy surrounding this character is that they are a transgender character. And apparently those two groups that you were talking about are going insane over it. Are they making fun of the transgender character? I haven't played the game. No. So they're not pl- they're not making fun of a transgender character. It's literally they just inserted a transgender character into the game. And what is their role? It's a random NPC. You talk to them. They say, my name is blah blah. I am a priest of blah blah. And you have the option to say, Oh, you're that name? That's a weird name. How'd you get that name? And then they go into this little thing about how I was born a boy. I, I was born and raised a boy, but I later found out that I was a girl, and I made sure. and I and made there's... an appropriate name for myself. And I had no problem with that insertion because you're a rational grown up. It did seem like it was just kind of like put in for no reason. I mean, so I I understand what you're saying with that, and without being overly PC or overly careful, because I do I think it's important to be honest. Being taken aback by it or or saying, you know, it seemed like they just threw it in to throw it in. I mean, they did. That's the point of it, where transgender people exist in society. It's not like we don't have them. So we don't need some major theory or point to have a transgender character in the game. They can just be one that exists and that's it. And I don't I, I've looked a little bit into the controversy without really knowing too much about the actual gameplay. But I know that I believe those are the two arguments that what the hell is the point of this? This is offensive. Why is this even in here? Versus, well, because transgender people exist. So why wouldn't there be transgender characters? 
Yeah, it's it's certainly not offensive at all. I, I however, they have been uh, one of those groups has been downvoting or I guess like putting really poor reviews in the Steam store just for that sole reason. And the game so far has been really enjoyable. I've been loving it. It's like a classic. It's like classic Bowler's Gate. It's a great adventure, and there's no reason that you should put a terrible review in the in the game just because they inserted an NPC that you might not like. No, and good for the people. Good for the game studio. No, and good for the game studio for putting that in there because they they are eating the negative press right now. And and honestly, this stuff needs to die. It's it's absolutely ridiculous that we're going to flame a game for having a, a minority character in it anymore. It, it's akin to the, the people who would have been doing the same for put, having a black character 50 years ago. It's just utterly ridiculous. Transgender people exist. That's reality. We don't need an excuse for why one's in a game. In a perfect society, it wouldn't be eyebrow-raising at all. There wouldn't be any issue over it. It's silly. I think one of the very first true stories I played in a video game was helping Cloud dress up as a girl to get into a sex palace. So you know what? It's part of gaming, too. But our opinions aside, let's look at what the courts would say, because we're an educational show, Austin. In America, obscenity is determined by courts using what's called the Miller Test. It first looks at whether the average person applying contemporary community standards would find the work offensive, which is actually a pretty nice test. So this is actually the same test since I believe 1933. That's top of my head. So I really am not sure. But it's the same. That test grows with time because as society changes its views on things, we now can say, well, most people aren't going to be offended by Rick and Morty. It doesn't matter that this show would have been lit on fire in 1933. In 2016, it's okay. And that's what this test looks at. What's funny is the other two factors. The second looks if there's anything sexual involved. So it doesn't say violence. It doesn't say murder. It doesn't say racism. It doesn't say bigotry or anything like that. It says, is there sex involved? And if there's sex involved, it's more likely to be obscene, which is downright hilarious. That's when the Europeans listening to this are going, ha ha ha, silly Americans as they take a drag of their cigarette. Doesn't the second point kind of contradict the first? What if society thinks that sex is okay? So... Yes, and you're right, but the full second factor says about laws the states have on the books there, or, or the federal has on the books. So if, if sodomy is banned in your state, for example, sodomy is more likely to be obscene under that second factor, regardless of whether or not society looks at it as okay. What's the third part? The third part is <laughs> kind of funny almost, whether or not the work lacks any scientific or artistic value. So when you look at Rick and Morty, is there any scientific or artistic purpose to it? I would absolutely argue there's artistic and heck, I would argue there's scientific because sci-fi arguably is what helps us steer our inventions and inventors in directions. Sometimes it lets our, it lets us dream. We want to make transporters so we can kill ourselves so we can reappear somewhere else on the planet. There's a very strong argument that cell phones look and act like they do because of sci-fi movies where people are most creative minds design cell phones with no way to actually make them work. And then the science minded people behind the inventions who watched those shows and were obsessed with them created something that was out of Star Trek. Star Trek had tablets, too, and now we have tablets everywhere. They're little, you know, smartphones. <laughs> Which are Christ. useless. I will never be pro-tablet. I'm so glad that I've stood strong on tablets. But now, when we look at what is offensive under number one, what does society find offensive? We have to look at both these groups on the internet and both these groups in reality and society. The people who made Microsoft's Twitter bot a sex-loving Hitler robot versus the people who don't think you can joke about anything ever, ever. The happy medium there, maybe you and I, we're almost apathetic at this point because we're so sick at being yelled at and arguing and, and having to pick sides on everything that I don't I do not envy the judge who has to look at these factors going forward. 
Yeah, I don't really get offended easily by a lot of things, and I imagine that I would never be very vocal about any of these issues because I don't care. Yeah, I think that's most of us. I think apathy has become so rampant because when you have Facebook, think of what your Facebook was two years ago because now it's just your grandmother liking pictures of babies and things like that. But two years ago before that, it, it fell off into that entirely. All it was was the same five friends having the same political argument every single day, screaming at each other about different opinions on different whatever was coming down, and the everyone else just watching and saying, what the hell? Oh my God, why does everybody care about this? Why are there 92 comments on this post about a kitten getting health care? You know, it's just, it, it never made sense. Why do they have to have these arguments in public, or I guess in internet public, so everyone else can see them? Exactly. They were putting on a show constantly, and now we have... The other hundred people on your friend list who was watching, who were watching that, saying, "Oh man, I would rather die than care about this," and that is what society is now. That's why we don't care at all here about most politics. And Iceland, almost the entire country, showed up to kick out the prime minister after his scandal. We are a country of apathy now, except for two very vocal groups who are militant in different directions, and we have just no grounds to try to even guess where things are going. So now that we have a basis for what the content's going to be and what where we're going to be legally with these forms of entertainment, where do you think entertainment actually is going to go? What are we going to be enjoying in 10 years? I really hope we get to Star Trek. Oh, the uh, the holotube where you can just go in and it's like a... It's not a, a, it's not a holotube. It's a holodeck. I'm sorry. What about it makes you think it's a tube? It's a room that you go into. It creates, uh, it creates things out of force fields. So they're real to the touch. So it's a sex box. Uh... Eventually, it does become a sex box, but in... As doesn't everything, doesn't everything eventually become a sex box? Everything becomes a sex box because we are obsessed with sex. That's another topic. Well, all right, but let's look at Idiocracy, where TV goes in that movie. Oh, man, Idiocracy. Yes, you have the Baton Network. The Keeping America Baton. I th- what is it? Is it Keeping America Baton? 34% of traffic on the internet is to porn. That's a third of the internet is just porn traffic. So it's not crazy to think that that's where TV is going either. And heck, if you watch most shows, it's all softcore porn nowadays. All right. Well, as much as I'd love to talk about... Look at the Full House reunion. But when you have a third of internet traffic going towards this, it only makes sense to think TV is going to follow or at least whatever replaces TV. I think the, the most wrong part of Idiocracy is that he's watching TV. Yes. So every part of technology that we get is probably going to find some application towards sex. However, I would like to talk about the non-sexual parts of a holodeck. So you could program it with whatever you want. It could be a detective novel. You could experience an adventure. You could go play Lord of the Rings, literally fighting monsters instead of just rolling dice to do it. It sounds so exciting, and I really want that because that would be amazing. Eh, you'll just have sex in it. All the holodeck stuff, unfortunately, is probably way off in the fe- in the distant future if we're ever even going to get to it. It seems like the closest possible thing might be virtual reality. Unfortunately, I'm not very well read up on it. Uh, do, do you have any idea where we are with it? Yeah, of course. I actually work with a lot of VR devs, and I've been able to try basically every headset at this point. Uh, and every generation of every headset. So there's been a huge difference. And, and you know, please don't attack me, Facebook, but... The Oculus has not quite impressed me yet. The Vive, I really felt like, oh my God, virtual reality might be something. The motion sickness I was experiencing with the Oculus, which has apparently been fixed in the newer helmets, which I'm excited to try. 
I didn't feel at all with the Vive. I put the Vive on and I, I held those two controllers and I felt like, oh my God, I'm in, really in this space deck shooting these these ships coming at me. It was really exciting. And I've seen a couple things that aren't released yet or even IP that's not released yet. So I know there's a lot of exciting stuff coming to all of this. That said, we're at a point where the technology is getting almost there. So you think it's really immersive? Because I've seen videos where people go so far as trying to put their heads through like a hatch in the floor and actually bang their heads on the floor, which is very entertaining to watch. It's I didn't very, know how realistic it yeah, was. Yeah, well, I actually lose immersion myself because I'm very self-conscious. So when I have the helmet on in front of other people, I'm really worried about what I look like playing the game. Uh, when I'm by myself, I could absolutely lose myself in it. I, I, I could see that, especially in a couple of iterations from where we are now with it. It gets cool. If you're playing a game like Skyrim and you're in that town and you're really walking around and you can really feel it, all of a sudden I could definitely see myself getting lost in that in in a cool and fun way. Uh, Until then, I don't really, I don't think I would be trying on that helmet at PAX or wherever I was, even in a hotel remote with only a couple other people showing the demo and put my head through a floor. I, I, you know, that seems a little silly to me, but it's possible. I mean that that kind of immersion will absolutely exist with this stuff. Those uh, like like with the Vive, did you need a lot of room with it? Because no, so the Vive is is one of its main features is that it scans the room and reads exactly how far everything is away from you and and builds the play space there so much so you can even just stand still and play it. But if you have the space, it'll know exactly how much space and it'll make it work. The main problem with virtual reality right now is most of the games I try are like shitty mobile games. So we're not really at the point yet where we're playing amazing games that are going to capture the imagination. Imagination, but we're getting there, and those IPs are coming. I I promise. All right. I mean, that's that's very nice to hear because I see all these games on Steam. I do see a bunch of them now, and they look not fantastic. But I imagine that's how it it starts. It's not going to start with the greatest games. How being long did reality. we only have Snake on our phones? You know, and now look at what you can play on it. The the, the big gro- dog. Yeah, the growth of the market there is is one that can happen, and it is happening. I mean, I like I said, I see the games coming out. I can't even tell you about it. It's not even that I can't tell the listeners. But it's stuff that's really cool that's coming out right around the corner. The self-conscious thing is actually something that I imagined when I when when I saw the Vive on uh, the Vive Vive. It's a on, big argument, actually. Uh, I'm gonna go with Vive, even though you've been saying Vive. It's definitely Vive, but uh, it's a that's a I've I, you are not the first idiot to call it a Vive. <laughs> All right, so the Vive. Uh, I I feel like I would be very self-conscious, especially in where I live. The my computer is in the like the main room that you walk into. I can't imagine like the like the UPS guy walking up to the front door, looking in and seeing me with a headset on and uh, you know with no clothes and just imagining that I'm in Skyrim running around. And you always play all your games in no clothes, just to be clear. Just just the ones that I'm in virtual reality with that I take all the <laughs> car- you know because you run faster if you don't have anything on. Of course, and I value. But, but speed. in all seriousness, you know, I when I was at GDC, the game developer conference this year, you would walk into a hotel and you would see a guy with a mask on just kind of sitting in VR doing who knows what if he's at a conference meeting or in a game but it looked ridiculous it looked absolutely ridiculous and I don't think that will ever catch on I think VR if it does catch on is going to be something we only see in living rooms it's a very private experience kind of like a holodeck I mean, yeah, it, it is. I And I don't think games are even going to be the primary function of VR. I think it's going to be used to have a conference meeting with remote employees or 
look at a piece of property before you go and see it. Yeah, I'm looking for a new apartment right now in New York City. Do you know how much easier it would be to be able to pop on a helmet and have a virtual tour of a space before I go to all over town and try to find one that that's perfect? Don't they already do that with like internet walkthroughs? Kind of like it's 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 kind of like a like Google Street View, except you can like click a button and then it takes you further through. I yeah, guess but they... this is with a cooler helmet. Oh, all right. So you get to pay like four hundred dollars for a helmet so you can walk through the apartment. It's a lot more than that. You need to buy for that. You need to pay the helmet and a computer that can run it and a TV to display things on. Sometimes it's it's uh it's quite an investment. Quite an investment, but such as so is everything. It'll well, get know, cheaper. The further yeah, the further it goes, the more they make it. It'll get cheaper. That's how technology works. you think cable tv is going to exist in 10 years i think it's going to exist in 10 years i think it's going to be barely holding on because at this point we have netflix and hulu creating their own original content right i don't i I don't think it makes 10 years the only thing network television has that the internet doesn't really have down yet is sports but the internet is getting that and also you know i would rather just go down to the corner and and at murphy's pub and watch the Knicks lose rather than keep cable in my living room. It's something I never use. And who even cares about sports I, or or pubs? I mean, you could just burn uh, both of them. Very, we have very different outlooks on life. Unless it's an esports pub. Oh, the the one time I really did have a good uh, good time, we were watching the international at that esports pub, and they had themed drinks based on Dota, and they were tasty because they were fruity and creamy, oh and they were God. great. What? You're a grown. You're a grown man. Everything you do is not okay. I've never found a beer that I like. I will only accept liquor sometimes. I don't like drinking that much, and I don't care about pubs. Your 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 Irish pubs with your with your football and your and your soccer and where they hit the ball into the goal. Do you think movie theaters will exist then to the same kind of degree? No, I think we're going to be wearing our VR headsets in the room with everybody else. And we'll be watching movies that way. Actually, I don't even know if they're going to be movies anymore. Are it's, they really seeing profits? The big budget movies are not making what they were. Except, and the ones that are making money are the superhero movies and the movies that are kind of just being cookie cuttered out at this point, where it's not a whole lot different or cool. It's just, oh my god, I remember that superhero from when I was a kid. I want to watch this movie. So there's a real big contrast that we're seeing between games, which have like a huge indie following, and there and there are just so many indie games now. There are non AAA published like games. Is the issue distribution? Because I'm thinking here, movies. You're not really seeing like a ton of indie movies being distributed everywhere, where people are going to movie theaters to watch indie movies. No, so I think what the theater has to do to keep an audience is something what Alamo Drafthouse does which is make the theater an experience again. So when you go to the Alamo Draft House, yes, you can order drinks and food, and it's awesome, and it sounds like a commercial for them, but it is. It's cool. It's nice being able to have a, have a beer and eat a, a burger while you're watching a movie. They also kick you out if you even pull your phone out to kind of text, which is a fun little side note. But more than that, they make it a thing about that. It's not just a sign that says no texting. They play a minute very funny thing before it, saying that this is a theater we're here to watch. Get the hell out if you want to do this. And then they also have 30 minutes before every movie of like home tailored content where they they have old parody videos from the 60s about Star Wars or whatever the movie you're there to see is. It's just something fun. It's different than just paying money and going to the theater after going to Alamo, living up in Westchester for a while and going there all the time. It's ruined regular movie theaters for me where if the same movie was released in a movie theater or Netflix at the same day, which is coming. I mean, that's happening. I would always watch it on Netflix from now on. 
except unless somebody wanted to go to the Alamo Draft House, where it's fun. It's it or, or a place like the Alamo Draft House, where there's an experience there. You're actually having fun there. They give out souvenirs after it. They have themed food for every movie. They have quote-alongs every Tuesday where you go watch The Big Lebowski and the whole theater is just saying every line. It's fun. It's different. It's something to do as opposed to just watching your TV in a bigger room. So you're saying they make it uh, more of a social experience instead of just sitting there watching a movie. The question is, is this like a spreading thing? Is, this, is it more expensive also? No, it's not more expensive. It, it, I mean, obviously, you pay for the food and the drinks, but the theater tickets actually cheaper than the theater around here. And they, it, yeah, they're growing. I mean, there's one in Brooklyn opening up, and they'll they'll be all over the place soon. It's it's a great idea, and it's being well franchised and well run. Brought to you by Alamo Draft House. Alamo okay. Draft House, come see movies and it talk to people. I don't know. You don't talk I haven't to people. Been there. You get kicked out for talking, except in the quote alongs. Is it like? Is it, are there like tables and like seats everywhere or do you stand and watch things? Is it is it like a nice big screen or are they like a bunch of TVs? Like I'm, I'm imagining a sports bar, but they put the same movie on all the TVs. No, you're an idiot. It's uh, you sit down just like a movie theater, but everybody has a little bench in front of you. And it's just as pitch black as a movie theater. The, the waiters kind of ninja around and you write your order down on little note cards and you put them up in front of you if you want to order something. Wow, that really does sound like the future of uh, of movies. But do you think that movies are actually going to like distribute to them? You your fake radio voice makes you sound like we are doing a commercial. <laughs> wow, that sounds like the future of movies. Anyone who doesn't go there is a fool. I envy the person that gets to go there. I wish we could go to Alamo Draft House right now. Hey, let's get on down there. Obviously, the the greatest and most true form of entertainment is going to be podcasts. Yes, they are the best podcasts. Everything. You should only listen to podcasts. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. You gave out your wrong Twitter name every episode so far. It's uh, it's Robot Austin. There's uh, there's no underscore. Is that why you have one follower? <laughs> I have two followers. No, I have three followers. Two of them want me to follow them. <laughs> follow back. Follow Hashtag me too. follow back. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.